if you're not happy in your situation or you know you need another stream of income, if you're going to think about starting a business, the best thing to do when you start a business is think about what the market needs. Don't think mm-hmm. about what you want or what you want to do, but think about what does the market need? Every good entrepreneur solves a problem. Every good business solves a problem. So that's how, that's where you should start. But that comes back to being aware and paying attention. The reason why it's probably very tough for most people to start a business is because you're not aware or you're not paying attention of what the market actually needs. Welcome to the Perspective Podcast, where we embrace open dialogue from different perspectives about entrepreneurship, relationships, and education. And this open dialogue is needed, especially today, as we live in a Twitter finger society where everyone seems to care more about getting their point across than they are about hearing the other person's perspective. If you're ready to grow your business, your relationships, and your personal development, stick with us here at the Perspective Podcast, because sometimes in life, to get to the next level, you just need a different perspective. If I look like what I've been through, I'd be roadkill. Tell me off of the pavement, I'm reeking from the mold. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, C. Muzan. Got T here with me. Say what's up, T. What's going on, family? Guys, we are excited. We are here for another week. Just, again, excited to, to be with you guys. Uh, but we just got some stuff we need to kind of get off the chest. You know, T and I have been having a little bit of conversation before just starting to record this episode, we had some conversation last night to get prepped for today's episode, but we just kind of feel like we got some topics and some things to talk about. Um, and so we're just going to jump jump straight in. I'll tell you kind of our train of thought on this episode, because there were a couple articles that we had seen over this past week, um, one that I had posted uh, on on LinkedIn, uh, one that T and I are just kind of starting to, to take a look at this morning, uh, but they just tie in so well together that we wanted to be able to share it with you guys on the community and in the community, and uh, get your perspective on on some of these things. So we're gonna bounce around a little bit, but it's all gonna tie together because at the end of the day, um, these are some issues that uh, T and I are seeing in society. They're they're coming up and popping up. Uh, in more ways than one, we're seeing it on our jobs and we're seeing it in the workers that are around us. And uh, we just want to have the conversation. So today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, just what's going on in the job market with money, uh, the mindset behind money. And we're going to tie in a couple of different things, but I'll start by reading this article, which is the article that really kicked it off uh, for T and I having this conversation. Uh, It was a CNBC article that said job layoffs surged 35% to the highest level to start a year in a decade. And uh, I'll read a quick clip from the article. Uh, It says total announced cuts. So it says layoffs hit their highest level for the first quarter in 10 years as 2019's job market got off to a shaky start. Total announced cuts hits 190,410 people. 
which is a 10.3% increase from fourth quarter and a 35% jump from the same period a year ago. The level was worse, was worst period overall since the third quarter of 2015 and the highest level for a first quarter since 2009 as the economy was still mirrored from uh, in, in the financial crisis. I'm gonna jump down to where it actually shows the numbers. And it said here, the auto industry led by sector in March with 8,838 layoffs, followed by energy with 8,149 cuts. Financial firms were next with 4,884, while retail followed with 4,860. Retail has announced 46,000 job cuts this year, which is an 18.5% decrease from the first quarter of 2018. So when I read this article, the first thing that popped into my mind, the first thing that popped into my mind. <laughs> I know what she's going to say. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally, t it's just a matter of, are people not paying attention? Like, this seems like common knowledge to me that like, people are like, the job market's not secure. So I'm wondering, are people paying attention to this? Because my real question is, how can anyone right now that only has a job as their stream of income, like one job, it provides for your family, that's it. Nothing else on the side, no hobby, no, no nothing. Just one job provides for the lifestyle for you and your family. How are you not scared to death that you don't have another stream of, of, of income in case that job goes away? Like, I, this article literally just said in the past three months of 2000, the first three months of 2019, if you add up all those numbers, we're talking 20,000 people over like four sectors. Mm -hmm. 20 plus thousand people over four sectors got laid off. And I can guarantee you, and I don't have the data on this, but I can almost guarantee you that 95% of those people that got laid off in those sectors did not have a second stream of income. And <laughs> therefore their family was put into a financial hardship all because they depended on one stream of income. So this article really started the thought process that we're going to go through today. Uh, but T, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm curious to hear your thoughts because my thoughts initially are just, what are people thinking? Like, you, you don't, like having another stream of income in, a two, in 2019, I'm just going to say it. It's a necessity now. It's not, it's not a luxury. So you need three streams? You need, um, <laughs> excuse me. You need three streams of income now. You know, it's like a two street, a two, a two, uh, if it's a two parent household, you know, dad or mom can't just work and then y'all got to have a side hustle. <laughs> That's exactly like it, that is at the point of where we're at right now with like our, the financial state and the financial well being of people in America. Like, yeah, you, you cannot think that you can just have one job that you that underpays you already and think that that thing is going to ride out for the next 20 years, 25 years. Like, I just don't understand what people are thinking, like with this, with such volatility in this job market and everything shaking up. P 
people getting laid off left and right, government getting shut down, sectors being affected by technology and all these different things. And people that just have one job, like they should be terrified that like any day it could be them. What's your take on this, T? Well, it's not a serious take, but I'll, t- I'll give it to you anyway. You know, we used to make fun of people back in the day. I don't know if you remember. They'd be like, man, you Jamaican. You got three jobs. Three jobs, man. I got five jobs, man. <laughs> like, I forgot what show that was from back in the day. It was like, you got three jobs, man. Now you need two jobs, man, and three part-time dual panorships. <laughs> you need five C's of income. No, honestly, man, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, I was just talking to, a, um, um, you know, an individual, not, I mean, literally a few days ago, and they work a job, they got one job, and I said, how's it going? They're like, man, my life has changed. I've made more money from my one job than I've made in, you know, in the last five years than I made in 10 plus years you know, at other places. And I was just like, wow, right? That's some life-changing money. And they were like, no, for real. And I said to them, and I said, well, what's your kind of, what's your goal, motivation or whatnot? We got, and they're like, honestly, to crush my boss that I used to have. <laughs> and they're, and now listen to this. They were like, my boss, you know, probably did around 300 a year. And, but they had been with the company for like 30 plus years. And he said, I made that last quarter. Right? Yeah, Yeah, I said that, right? Everybody that's listening, (laughs) right? These are the people that I like to associate with. But, But I thought about that, right? He has one job. He, he hustles, like he busts his butt working. He made probably 300 last quarter alone, just the last quarter, first quarter of this year, while everybody was getting laid off, he made 300. Yeah. And, right, like, remember this, he had 30, 35% increase in unemployment, one individual made 300 racks. <laughs> okay? And he's not an athlete, okay? Somebody's out there, you know, he's not a rapper, <laughs> like, you know, and he's an employee, W-2. All right? Yes, there are jobs that pay that, Right? But then I, the, I don't know, just the thought that I had, though, and it's a weird thought. I never had it before. So I know I've changed my perspective on things was what happens when they're like, we don't need you anymore. Yep. That's no it. matter what. No matter what. Like, remember, now, him making 300 a quarter, let's say for five years, because that's where he's at now, and they say we don't need you anymore. He could still be in the unemployment line because if he doesn't spend the 300 a quarter correctly. And he won't. And he won't. Right? And I don't even know him. <laughs> but I'll now, I will say, if he won't. I, the, the odds are that he, now, the I'd say, I know that I, he's, he's, he's been down and out. I know him enough. He's been down and out, and I think it's together. So I'll, I'll bet I'll bet my money on him a little because I know it, gotcha. right? Like you know what I mean? Because I know him because he's already been down and back up, like he's already messed it up and <laughs> came back again. Because, so I hope he don't do it again. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> because that that's funny because I can reference just recently on social. Also, I saw um, 
and I, I don't know if I posted this or I commented on the post. I think I might have saved it somewhere. Um, but have you seen that they were floating? I think it was another CNBC article. They were floating out there the uh, financial statement of a household that, of somebody that makes 500, 500 people. Yes. 500,000, yes. right? And so, I read it to my team at work. <laughs> That's how important that how, that article was. Yes. And and what's the message from that? Like the the message I took is the fact that no matter how much you make, you can still live paycheck to paycheck. Yep. The, the higher your income is does not necessarily mean you have more disposable income or more discretionary income. That's not what that means. Because from that statement, we could see that their money was still allocated in basic necessities. Yeah, you know, if you got into it, you saw that they took a couple vacations a year or they had yeah. they max out their they max out their 401ks. Yeah. Like, you know, like but at the end of the they, day, you know, when you're in the top one percent, which they are, because if they well, actually probably not, but before taxes, if you're the three percent. There's 3%, top 3%. Yeah, yeah top 3% of you're making $500,000 a year as a household. Uh, you know, it, it's a debate. You probably deserve a, two or three vacations a year. That's just the way it goes, right? <laughs> like, so yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, it's all relative. It's all in proportion. Just because someone makes more money doesn't mean they should have more coming to the bottom line. That's what happens in life where we raise our income, we raise our expenses. So what I got from that, yeah is basically there's still a need for financial literacy. There's still a need for people understanding money because no matter how much you make, if your expenses go up the same amount, it's not really helping. Is, is, exactly. that, the, is that the same take you, you took from it? No, 100%. I mean, like I said, like I literally saw it, stopped my team that weren't like super busy and talked about the article, <laughs> you know, because I live in a world where every, it's, a, it's a go, go, go environment people trying to get to six figures, crush their six figure number, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a time that I'm like, hey, if you made this amount, right? Nobody is in my in where I'm at, right? Like at least locally. It's like, hey, if you made this amount and everybody says the same thing, man, if I had that, I would never Exactly. Everybody says it. Exactly. Right? Everybody says it. But how does that tie into this the original article here that we're talking about? If he does, let's say if he if he's that pe he's those people on that paper, and he doesn't live right, then guess what? He's still one avenue away, right? Like he still he has one avenue of of earning. Now he may have more. We didn't go into that deep, but let's just for the sake of this conversation, right? Is this one avenue? Whether you making thirty a quarter? Right, like you know what I mean. So I give perspective. He made three hundred last quarter. I made almost forty last quarter. Let's call it thirty. That's he ten x me, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right, ten x me, mm -hmm. right. But I can still win if if because let's just use this for an example. We both get laid off. We got two other streams already going let's say he didn't have any right and we're both at the end of the month ending with a thousand dollars because that's very possible yeah. trust and believe we both end with a thousand dollars at the end of each month i have a now he was making three i did 30 just for easy math we both end 
each month with a thousand, right? So think about that. I have three thousand. He has three thousand at the end of a quarter. The difference is I have another stream that just kicks in when that if that happens. Let's say he does it. He has to go to the unemployment line and ask for the government to give him a drip while I was building a stream. Now, these are all hypotheticals here, but I want to paint, you know, like that's the whole point of this. You want to paint that picture that you got to be able to figure it out. And I'm going to say something that it might hurt a lot of people's feelings, but don't, and then sometimes, yes, that second stream, some people are like, well, I Uber, I Lyft. Don't put your hope in those companies to take care of you. Exactly. Y'all just be straight up because the most people are like, oh, I do Postmates. I do Uber. I do this. I do this other new company that just started up locally in my city. Like, don't get me wrong. That is a stream, right? Like, don't, I'm not knocking that, right? And you are 1099, so it is like your business, right? They treat you like that. But just know that if those, as soon as those companies feel the squeeze, they lower your rates. And they make it all about the customer, people that don't work for them, and will just squeeze you, squeeze you until they can put the autonomous vehicles in place to do it. <laughs> like, trust and believe. Like, this article. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say, article, it's so true, though. It's so true. Yeah, right? Like, this article that we're, we're, we're referencing here, and, you know, we'll, we'll put the link up and all that good stuff so you guys can see it. It even talks about, like, there's a quote in there where they're like, yes, one of the reasons why we believe that these, this, this, we're having this layoff is um, employers are streamlining their process, streamlining their process, and consumers' behaviors are dictating how they want their content, how they want to be serviced, et cetera, et cetera, and it's causing employ um, you know uh, companies to use more technology thus eliminating people because consumer behavior prefers it what is that a nice way of saying that's exactly what that's saying that's a nice way of saying hey people prefer to shop online so we're about to close our physical store exactly like and that's, that's what, what that says but that's what i don't mean about like what people don't see <laughs> about this thing right Right, like you don't see that th this isn't this isn't a matter of what's right and wrong. Hence, why again we started the podcast because too many people out there are having a conversation of what's right, what's wrong. It's not about that. It's can you understand the perspective? So, for all the workers out there, for all the employees, can you understand the perspective of the employer, or you just you just can't see it because you're getting screwed out of a job? Like I happen to see it from both sides. I see the employee's perspective of why they feel like they need a $15 minimum wage, why they need a livable wage in order to work, why they need more. Like I get that side. I understand it. But I also understand the employer side of saying, man, our customers, our consumers are saying we need to streamline process. They are using more technology. They are switching to companies that make things faster, more streamlined. And if we cut our labor, this will help our bottom line to be able to put more money into technology. I understand that side too. I understand both sides. Not saying one side is right, one side is wrong. However, you have to, like, that's what will give you the understanding of like, my job is not secure. 
if you can understand the side of the employer, like this is just the way the world's moving. I'm sorry, you know, employee A through employee Z. Like, I'm sorry that like you don't like this, that like, you know, we're messing with your life. But these consumers that buy our products are the ones that actually keep you employed. Yep. So do you prefer that the whole company goes out of business because you want to make more money and be in store? Or are we going to have to just kind of cut our losses and some of y'all can't be here so we can move towards the, the customer, the consumer, and potentially have a business that stays around long term? I don't know yep. what people don't see about this as to why like they would stick at a job without getting another stream of income. Like everyone, I'm in financial services and I see it happening. I was told for the longest time in, when I started in financial services, which has been about six years now, I've been, I was told for the longest time that they, they would never, like, you know, the financial services industry would never turn to technology. It, people would never, you know, buy financial products from a computer. People would never buy life insurance off of online. People would never, we, we'd never, I, I've heard that for so long. And I feel bad for people that bought into it because I did for a little bit. And then I just started to pay attention, <laughs> right? Like instead of just having my own opinion because I'm in the industry, I actually just started looking around. And then I started seeing all of these fintech companies and people are like fintech, what's like, it's financial technology. It's a whole sector. So mm -hmm. yes, there are a lot of insurance companies that are now popping up to sell you life insurance on Instagram. Are they the best? Probably not. Is it making convenient for people? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I could scroll through and go ahead and, and check that box off that my mom told me I need to pay attention to. Yep. And I can go right on to get my next Gary Vee video or my next, um, you know, Kardashian video or, <laughs> or whatever else. Yes. Of course. Like, bro, I'll give you an even better one. Like, I can conceptually understand buying financial products online, right? But Bro, I, in my world, people buy whole cars online. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like, like, no, no, not new cars, used cars. <laughs> people buy, uh, listen, somebody will say, yeah, it's a Ford Focus. How much do you need to do? No, I'm talking about Teslas, Maseratis. They buy just straight up online. No, no sight unseen. It delivers. You look it over. You decide. Because what like, do? Because what do I need to go into a store for anymore anyway? Like, right. I, if you're giving me seven days to test it anyway, yeah. right? Like the test drive route ain't no good test drive anyway. It's around the corner, exactly. right? Like you know, it's around the corner. Like I, had, I don't have to deal with nobody. Now listen, this is my world, right? The auto world, auto sales world. I don't have to. I don't have to talk to nobody, somebody that tells me to have my best interest in mind, yet that he tell me what I can and cannot have, right? This is, I'm saying it from a consumer perspective, right? And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people out there in the auto industry and in, in, in all facets, this doesn't apply to, but this is what consumers think, right? Like when you say, hey, I'm a used car salesman, it's kind of like saying I'm a politician, right? Like, you know, I'm a necessary evil, <laughs> right? It's just one of those things, right? Oh, I'm a lawyer. Oh, man, you're probably a liar. Like, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things, right? It's not necessarily true. It's just perception. I don't have to go in. I don't have to be there three, four hours. I can, if, if I'm denied, 
it's, I just get a letter in the mail online instead of having somebody look at me and, and would, would dismiss it. Or even worse, I walk in and they don't even respect the fact that I have the power to buy because I look a certain kind of way. I don't have to deal with none of that nonsense or anything like that. Somebody not listen to me. I can go on. I can read as much as I want. Somebody will talk to me on YouTube about what they like and dislike about it, right? My favorite YouTube star. And then I'll get the car. I'll sign the paper and I'll te- I'll drive it for a week if I like it. I'll keep it if I don't. I'll send it back. Absolutely. Here I got and a random. That's what we live in. Random question. It's not really random, but like, give me some insight from somebody in the car industry, from a car sales perspective. What's your guess of the of the average age of a car salesman today? <laughs> you know, I I that's hard because my world is a little flawed because they're they hire young like they predominantly not it's not purposeful it just kind of seems like more young people are there than 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 than, than normal because I, they go after people straight out of college so it's just there but i think that, there's an age gap is that your yeah. company specifically or you're talking like yeah that? because no like in my company like i said it's skewed because i've only been in the auto world through my company so it's a it's a vast ocean out there. It's kind of like saying, "Hey, you know what? I live in the ocean, but I've only been in the Pacific Ocean." Right. Like you know, there's like the ocean is different wherever you go. So it's, I'm I'm hard to say, but if I had to guess, it's young and old, and there's a middle age gap. Right. There's nothing in the middle, right? right? <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, young, it's old schoolers <laughs> or people that are brand new. Like I just need a damn job. Yeah. From what I see when I am going, you know, to other dealers kind of looking around or whatnot, like that's kind of what I see. Now, I could be wrong because I don't see everything, but in three different states, that's what I see. I think you're right. And I think that since we're just talking about the industry, I, that will be the demise of the industry. Any industry like it that has that issue. If you have only old timers above 48, yes yep no yep above the age 48 and then people below the age of 25 if you're if that's your demographic of the people working with you and the all of the people in the middle are actually the ones buying your product (laughs) yeah exactly exactly that, that that doesn't lead to to uh behavior that will push the industry forward the old timers will not innovate and if they are the ones teaching the younger ones, they're going to teach them how to not innovate. And therefore, you're going to have this stagnation. And I see that, mm-hmm. happening. I see that happening in a lot of different industries. There's a lot of industries yep. that, that that's happening in. And it's sad to see. But it's just, again, it goes back to the fact that uh, technology and the way our society is moving is changing the landscape of having a job and being in an industry for a long period of time because people want convenience. They want convenience. Like, like, look, you know, my side, you know, hustle, if you will, that, you know, right now that I have, that's like my number one is straight up e-commerce. Right now, one, you know, some people may say, Oh, well, there's Amazon, there's this. And I'm like, well, listen, look, it's a huge ocean e-commerce makes sense because people are okay if you can position it your product to the right people in the right moments in the right times 
they're they're already willing to buy. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's so many cool things you can do where you can attach yourself to look, I know guys out there right now and some of the, and some people don't even realize it. They go to Amazon, order something off of Amazon, and then when you get the box at home when the product is delivered, it's a Walmart box. <laughs> now somebody might say hold up what are you talking about and it's not amazon it's not walmart marketing on amazon which they do but it's not it's they have people out there and there's apps so you guys know you order something on amazon and there's a person that gets your order that put it out there they walk over to their local walmart buy it from walmart and then ship it off to you mm-hmm and then tell Walmart, can you mail it to this address and put um, Suzanne Rice on it, <laughs> you know, on it. And it's a Walmart box. And guess what? Initially, I was like, are people going to be like, yo, I ordered that from Amazon, how to come from Walmart? And they said they never got one complaint. All it, all people cared about was, hey, at least I got my product. That's it. That's it. Right? And it's just, it's just people are there. Now, does that mean? Walmart's going to probably eventually start cutting some of these stores. Guess what? They already did. <laughs> They've already been doing it. I, There's a Walmart in Long Beach that got cut. I literally, like, just told, I literally just told this to a Walmart manager like three days ago. I had, an, I, I had a meeting with the Walmart manager and we had the conversation. We were talking about other streams of income. And I was like, you know, eventually... Walmart's going to close doors, right? Like they can't keep up having more brick, like going that way. I mean, unless they created some type of in-store experience, but normally that's probably not the way that it's going to go. And people are going to get laid off no matter how big it is. It's because it's not the way that people are consuming or, you know, buying these products anymore. It's just not the way with Anybody, I, I've been throwing this out there, but I'll give it to our community because if any of you that are listening that actually don't have an idea and want to execute on something, if you do anything in the delivery space for delivering items, you have a higher likelihood of being successful over the next five to 10 years. If you created a business, I literally think this, you know how restaurants are really big. Everybody wants to start a restaurant. Everyone has an idea for a restaurant. If you only had a delivery type restaurant, like let's morph the food truck thing into like real delivery type of service. Just, yep. You can't go in and eat. You can't find it. They nope. just deliver. They just that's deliver. It. That's it. That that's That's your business model. If someone creates that, you will win. If you have good food and you can execute yep. on that, you will win. Your overhead will be extremely low. You can use a commercial kitchen, like a shared kitchen. You, you could cook mm-hmm. out of your house. It doesn't even matter. You have no overhead. You can, and then all it comes down to is logistics behind delivery. That service will win over the next five to 10 years. Not anybody, anybody that wants to start a brick and mortar restaurant. It's a little bit, I think, old school thinking if you're trying to start a business, that's, that's not the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, now I will say about the brick and mortars and I'm, I'm a touch in this because my wife, you know, being a chef, you know, shout out to all the chefs out there, that's right. you know, she like really is like, like she stays, tries to stay up to date with a lot of stuff. What does seem to be working brick and mortar wise is fine dining restaurants. Oh, absolutely. 
I right call that. now. Yeah. Yep. Like fine dining now is like the thing. It's not like that mid casual. Everybody hang out. It's no. It's uh. It's you know fifty dollars a head restaurant. Here's right, what I, and we're gonna. <laughs> no, right, it's, it's, and we're gonna tell you what you're gonna eat restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Here's here's what I've been like. I wish I had this on tape. Like I'm excited by you saying it because for the past I don't know three or four years before I was really doing any, we were doing podcasts or recording, I used to tell people, because again, I came from restaurants, I told people, listen, what's going to happen is the middle is going to get squeezed out. Like yep. the middle is going to get squeezed out. The only thing in restaurants that are going to be left are the super fast food, quick, super cheap, because there's always going to be a place for that. There's always going to be a place for something that's super cheap, inexpensive. McDonald's ain't going nowhere anytime soon. Right. McDonald's not ain't going yeah. nowhere. Fat, fast food more than likely, unless right. And I always say unless because we really don't know in business. But like unless something happens where a health craze really starts to go wild and they make food ridiculously cheap for less, then yeah, maybe some of the bad food models will go out of business. But Correct. in general, I don't see that fast food's going to go out of business. The other side of it, like I've been telling people for the past three, four years, that's going to increase ah. is the higher end, the fine mm -hmm. dining, the hot, like something that is really a night out. It's really like I'm choosing to spend money on this. Like this is going to be yeah. a good experience. It's going to be great food. I'm going to get great service. I'm going, I'm willing to spend money on that. That's going to win. And the middle is going to get squeezed out. Every, every single chain restaurant that's in the middle is going to get phased out eventually from TGI Fridays to Chili's to Bob yeah. Evans yeah. to like Applebee's. Applebee's, everything you can think of, because now it no longer makes sense for me to drop 40 bucks with my family, 50 bucks with my family to get subpar service and subpar food where I can mm -hmm. either get it delivered for a similar or probably less amount and be happier. Or I can just now with blue apron and all the things that are sending actual ingredients to your house, meal prep services to actually just cook you dinner. That becomes more of an option than to go eat crappy food and pay more than you would like for it. So I've been saying wait for a long time and wait and wait to eat the the the, exactly. the mediocre food. Exactly. Right? You know the, the forty five minute wait and, and it's a hassle. Think of a guy like you. Fa what family oh of five God. family of five party <laughs> of five going out right and now you got to wait 40 40 minutes to get a table at applebee yeah. to eat subpar food like nah i'm i'm just gonna stay at home and or i'm just gonna get delivery and or i'm just gonna pick up something or we're gonna hit chipotle or we're gonna hit right something where you can make yep. create your own pizza and we're gonna take it home and i'm gonna pay just the same amount if not less but I have a better experience. That for sure is going to happen in the in the uh, in the restaurant world, and I've been calling that for a while. Now, now, okay. So now, look. If people, I want to make sure we point this out, right? We are giving you gems right now. Okay, we're telling, we're showing you the gaps in the market. There's gaps everywhere, right? So, like, I have a friend that you know trades Bitcoin. He and and. When I saw this article, I immediately ran to him and I said, hey, you're about to make a ton of money. And he's like, why? I said, you know, I said, because most of the 
the biggest wealth transfers don't happen when the economy's booming. It's when it starts to slow down or it stops, mm-hmm. right? Comes to standstills or slowdowns in our case in America. We don't stop like Venezuela, right? Thank God, yeah. right? Um, it's a... Uh, it's, that's when it happens, and you go find the stop gaps, right? You listen to what Chris is saying. If you're in the food service industry, right, delivery is your wedge. Yeah. It's the wedge. You can literally start the foundation of what you do off of where people, what people want already, yeah. right? Now, is it the perfect wedge? That's for you to go out there and find. But I'll give you a real life example. Um, me and my wife are. What are we doing? We're coming in from um, out of the country, right? We we went on a family, not a family trip, uh, like a you know, couples rich uh, vacation or whatnot. We're on our way to like our flight gets delayed. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Our flight gets delayed, and so we have to stay the night in Charlotte. And then you know, so now I'm I'm upset because I'm like I just got I just spent three hundred dollars I didn't want to spend, right? Because I got to stay in Charlotte. I got to get a hotel for the night. My travel insurance doesn't cover until after 24 hours, but they guarantee me a flight the next day, which is like perfect timing for them. Whatever. I'm in an Uber delivery, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Like, you know, people delivery. I'm in an Uber and I'm like, you know what? Now we're in Charlotte. We don't know nobody here. And now we got to eat and we got to figure it out. In the car, I'm like, you know what? Let's just order Uber Eats. I go on to Uber Eats app, and it says, hey, Terrell, we see that you're 20 minutes from your destination. We'll make sure the food that you just ordered gets there right after you check in. Mm-hmm. Yep, technology. Right, like, right, like, I'm like, I'm like, I didn't even put two, two together. I was in an Uber, then I ordered Uber Eats from, guess what, the Hooters restaurant. My wife went to Chicken Wings. We didn't feel like going into Hooters. Right, like you know what I mean? It was late. We were frustrated, but we wanted Hooters. Yeah. We wanted wigs. We order it. Boom! Literally, we check into the hotel. We get up. Soon as we got in, packed our bags, we get a phone call. Hey, your Uber Eats just delivered. Like, boom! If, if people don't understand, like how amazing that is, and how that's the only thing we're looking forward to, like that's the. That's the way the industry is going. We have more information to make things easier. Technology makes things easier. It's not a matter of you're losing your job because companies are bad and technology is bad. And like that. Bosses are greedy. They want more money at the top. No, this is just smart. Like businesses are created to service people. Businesses are created to help the economy like they're they're created to help the consumer to help people like that's you have to add value to be a successful business the only the businesses that add value to people's lives are successful so the fact that like that story is amazing the fact that you were in an uber you wanted something you ordered it it got there timely with seem like seamless couple clicks of your phone exactly what you wanted was hand delivered to you. If people aren't seeing how technology is really disrupting life, like I don't, I just don't know what they're looking at. Hey, at the other layer, in a city that I didn't plan on being in, and I knew nothing about. Nothing about. It was my first, it was my first time ever. I got delayed. 
I wasn't playing or hanging out in Charlotte. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, like, it's a great city. Don't get me wrong. I actually loved it. I actually went back for a business trip and got to hang out in Charlotte. Shout out to Charlotte. I, I'm sorry. I disrespected y'all for so many years. I didn't think there was nothing much there. But I ain't gonna lie. I had, I told, I called my wife like, yo, I can think I can see myself living here a little bit. Like, that's how cool Charlotte was to me. But at that time, I was like, what are we going to be doing down here in the country? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. boom, just, just super convenient. I now look. So look, we're talking about a restaurant, right? So think about it. The brand was there, so the brand stays, right? I was still, we were still attractive. We said we wanted wings. We thought Hooters. So you still got a brand as a business, right? Like, because I'm buying your brand because your brand represents a quality, right? Why did I, I say I wanted chicken wings? Yet I thought Hooters first. Did we didn't even know if there were the Hooters? Like that, I want you to think about this. It happened to be, right? You know what I mean? Right. So it happened to be Hooters around. The brand is there. You have the quality product. You're now, think about it. All the servers and everybody else in there, they didn't get paid off my order, but the restaurant still got the order. Yeah. Right? They still got the order. There was still somebody cooking, right? And then they didn't even have to pay for somebody to leave the restaurant to serve it. All we're saying is you got to identify the gaps, right? Like I know another company right now that's um, a couple, um, you know, a couple friends of mine that started a, you buy a car online. Like they, these are conglomerate companies that are doing it. They have cars and they just market them online and deliver them to people. <laughs> like, like I'm telling you, like there's, um, what else did I just see that you can buy essentially like online Oh my geez, it was something else and I wanted to say it as you were talking earlier. But all I'm saying is this. At the end of the day, pay attention to what industry you're in and where people would prefer more convenience. Right? If that means not hiring a bunch of people, trust and believe you won't have a bunch of people hired. That's and that's I mean, at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, if you create a business, you create you should you probably create a business like to so that you can have a certain lifestyle, right? Like that's usually why people do it. It's a certain economic level or freedom or what have you. Like there's all these little variables there, but the business is supposed to serve you, right? Like that's your business. And then, but you design your business to serve as many people as possible. It's the only way it works. Right? Like it's a serving thing. Like I, I want the business to serve me and my lifestyle. I want to put my family in a certain position. But the only way that, that that business works is if I serve more people. And sometimes serving more people means making things more easy for them it, or a, more quicker for them. A, a lot of times. I mean, that's how business is. Right? Yeah, you went on convenience. Right? You went on convenience. So, but sometimes it, at, the, at the cost of convenience is payroll. Mm -hmm. right because that's sometimes the largest cost and we you got to understand that look i'm in the auto industry the largest sector that had the largest cuts is the auto industry now i do believe that a lot of that came down to it's after tax season people overstaff for tax season now they're getting rid of people mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't need it yeah. like because even in my in my you know in my world we had some promotions happen, which I'm, you know, I'm happy about, whatnot. And I was like, hey, we got to fill those spots. And they were like, nah, it's okay. 
don't worry about it. <laughs> like, like, you know, and, and it's just like, oh, okay. And this has happened all the time. So this is not nothing new. It's, hey, no, 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 no. We don't need to fill those slots right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do it without it. And then, and then if we really need it, we'll go back to it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, that's why you're at work feeling overwhelmed. Like, man, I wish I had somebody else, more people here to help me. And you're not realizing your employer is maxing out everything they can do. And they're not adding another payroll and payroll taxes and health benefits and unemployment um, insurance and, and workers' comp if they don't have to. That's right. They're not. That's right. And uh, I think you said something real important. You said a key phrase that's just – I think I think actually sums the whole thing up. It's you said pay attention. <laughs> pay attention. And that's what I think people are missing. People aren't paying attention. They're not paying attention to the ma- the macro themes of what's happening in this country. They're not paying attention to um what's happening in their industry. They're not paying attention to what's happening on their jobs, like what's really happening, not the things you mm-hmm. complain about or the things you want. But what's just just look at what's happening to our society. People, too many people are distracted. Too many yep. people are distracted with so many other things that actually mean nothing in the grand scheme of life, aka entertainment, sports, da 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 da. Like that stuff really doesn't matter. But it's just a big distraction. If we can get people to not be distracted, because the things that T and I, for for all the listeners, the things that T and I are telling you. They're just so practical. It's like, it's practical. Listen, if, if, if you work in an industry that your job is making job cuts, they're laying people off, you're understaffed, you're complaining, you don't understand why. If you just pay attention to your company and say, huh, are there more people coming in the door or less than when I started working here? That's a great indicator. That's the first thing to look at. If you're paying attention, instead of just complaining about where you're at, pay attention to what's happening. If you're complaining that it's slow all the time at your place of work, could be a telltale sign that the industry is slow or your stores, like it's, it's not a good sign. So then yep. if you're going to think about having a second stream of income, like, okay, I don't want to be stuck here or, or, or vulnerable. That's the word that I put when I posted the article. People don't want to be vulnerable you don't want to put your family in a vulnerable vulnerable position where you could potentially be laid off. Your income goes from where it's at to zero overnight. That's a very vulnerable place. So you're going to think about starting a side business, starting something on the side that brings you another stream of income. And then this just opens up the world to you because there's so like we are at a point in this country where we're actually jaded from opportunity. Because everywhere you go, there's opportunity on every corner. You pick your head yeah, up. Every YouTube video, somebody every, trying to sell you an opportunity. Absolutely. <laughs> every video you see, every time you're on social, somebody's presenting you with an opportunity. You drive down the street, you pick your head up, you see one of those signs, say, we buy, you know, flip houses. We buy houses for cash. You see posters all over, join this company, this side business, start your travel agency. Like you see it all the time. So we're so jaded that like opportunities everywhere that no one's even paying attention to like the opportunities that like could be good for them. But all T and I are saying to you, to everyone that's that's listening is, if you're not happy in your situation or you know you need another stream of income, if you're gonna think about starting a business, the best thing to do when you start a business is think about what the market needs. Don't think Mm -hmm. about what you want or what you wanna do, but think about what does the market need? 
every good entrepreneur solves a problem. Every good business solves a problem. So that's how, that's where you should start. But that comes back to being aware and paying attention. The reason why it's probably very tough for most people to start a business is because you're not aware or you're not paying attention of what the market actually needs. You don't even know. You don't even know what the market needs. T and I can have this conversation because we have business minds. So every time I go to a restaurant, the fact that I've been saying this for three, four years, every time I go to a restaurant, I see it happen. I see it in my own behaviors after a while when I stopped going to the quick, the casual, the casual dining restaurants. I was like, man, these things are going to fall quick. I'm like, this is stupid for me to pay to drop 30 bucks for a couple drinks and, you know, a meal when I would have been just as full going to Subway. Like I started to, I started to say that myself. So when I started Mm -hmm. to say that, then I started to look around and then look at all, like, think about, think about where all of these chain, and I know we're bringing it back to restaurants, but still like, it's just, it's a very prevalent thing that's happening. Look at all the, I think Applebee's is doing dollar margaritas right now. I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're doing dollar margaritas. Like, look at all the profit in a dollar margarita, man. Exactly. But that's their gimmick for getting people in because store sales are so bad because foot traffic is so slow that these companies literally have to fight. Like they have to like give you things for free to come in to their restaurant. Like that. Okay. All right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I got to get into the please, like, like you're on the path. Like I love you. You're on the war path. People, when you start seeing companies fight and try to price war each other out, that's where your opportunity is. Yep. I have to, and that's every industry. When you start seeing people cut their margins like crazy to compete, that's where you find your niche. Like that's where you find your space. Because you are able to convert like all the attention is like sell, 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 and you can offer something unusually different, right? It don't even always have to be better. That's the crazy part. It could just be uniquely you different and you totally change the game. I just, as you were saying that, I was thinking about how many companies start fighting over price, price, price. Like you said, do everything to get people in the door. Mm-hmm. What happens is that's because the consumer is demanding cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. There's actually studies that say it's bad for an industry when everybody starts going to price war for the industry because they ultimately just kill themselves. Absolutely. Everybody just continues to fight, and then it builds a a, a learning a learned behavior within the industry that, oh, that could be cheaper. Why don't you just cut the price? Cut the price. Such and such did. Such and such did. And now, literally, consumers are going to devour a market because of a behavior from the industry leaders created, thus opening another opportunity. I'll give you one that- example. Like you're 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 hitting the nail on the head. I'll give you an example in the restaurant. <laughs> like this kind of ties in. You know, I won't go. I won't eat at a place that if I can go there for happy hour to get something or late night or whatever and get it for $5, I would never pay full price for it. Like you'll never see me in the restaurant. I feel bad if I have to pay full Mm. price for it because 
I know that if I just waited to a certain time, I could get it for cheaper. I literally mm -hmm. won't go. I stopped going to, there's probably like two or three, one that just pops in my head and, and shout out to them. I mean, <laughs> the yard house, right? I've been to yard oh, house. Oh, wow. Right? A lot of people love the yard house. I know. And it's, it's great. But when you go for happy hour and you can get the prices for full appetizers at $6, $7, $5, and normally they're 13, I, I, I'll never pay 13 for it ever again. I just won't. So like if I have a choice in the daytime between Apple, between Yard House and some other place, I'm not choosing Yard House. I'm going to choose another place because I will now only go because they chose to discount it which, right, it could backfire, which it does for a lot of companies. When you start discounting things, now I believe that that's the price that it should be. So I'll never pay more mm. for it. Well, okay. Well, let me ask this from a, like now, where we're getting a little in the, in the trenches, but that's okay. I think this is good because if we're talking about people being able to, how they would process finding a business opportunities, right? Yeah. That's what this is morphed into, right? right? So in this case, your company lays you off, right? We're, we're, this is how people systematically come up with the Ubers of the world or I forget the Wizard of the world, that, that, that business that you're like, man, this company seems to be really relevant in our community. They're not an Amazon or a Google or anything of that nature, but they seem to be very well off. This is how it happens. Yep. So now in your place, right? <laughs> you have a happy hour. Now let me ask you, what if that lunchtime that you're ready to take lunch or have a lunch meeting or whatever, and it's during the happy hour time, and you know, hey, I can go get it for seven, would you still go? Absolutely. Okay, Absol so now you would only go during happy hour. Absolutely. And there it goes. But if you happen to be hungry at four and happy hour ended at 3.30. Not going, not going. I'm just not right? gonna pay. It just doesn't make sense. So, right, so now what, if, now, what if the same company said, hey, if you order delivery, happy hour prices all day. Then I'm ordering delivery. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right? So that, that, that would be because at the end of the day, they're just making it more and more convenient for me to purchase. There you go. They're there making you go. They're, they're solving my problem, even though I made the, they may have made the problem, but I, I may have made the problem that like, I don't want to pay full price for that because now I think it's only worth six bucks because that's what you gave it to me for on happy hour so now i'm not going to come in and pay the extra seven dollars on that same product that doesn't make financial sense to me so now if you tell me well if you deliver it if you get a delivery then it's happy hour prices all day then you're more likely going to get my business because now i know i can get it for the price that i wanted all the time there you go. And that's my point. So if you're in an industry, why, so why do we go through this path, this path? If you're in an industry that you have to compete on price, right? Like there, you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. It's a commodity. It's a, it's a, it's price based, price driven, right? Then, and you can't, and you're, and you haven't come up with this creative, new, innovative thing or whatever service, product or service, that's okay. Just make it more convenient for them to get it. Like that might be your, you know, your value proposition is how they can get it. Restaurant A, you can only get it if you come in. Restaurant B, I, you can get it when you come in, you can get it when you go in, and you can get it on delivery. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
if you, if, you if just been paying attention to what Domino's is doing, sorry to cut you off, but if, if you oh no 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 you're fine paying attention to what Domino's is doing, Domino's oh yes on their app, they're oh that's so beautiful <laughs> they're using it so that you know they have the pizza the pie re- rewards or whatever so it used to yes be however many pizzas you got from Domino's like every time you get a reward they've opened it up so that any pizza you buy any any from down the street to pizza hut papa john's local guy down like it doesn't matter you can take a picture of it and they'll give you rewards why would they do that t thank you. Uh, i know look i'm telling you i'm so happy you brought that up and i get excited like literally if you can see you have goosebumps <laughs> that was jd i don't look i don't know who took over domino's in the last three years but shout out to y'all because y'all been figuring it out like domino's is like going down in the drain and then they started like come pick it up for cheaper remember that it was like hey you want the five dollar pizza you gotta come in and get that like you know what i mean you gotta come in for the five dollar joint and then i was like no nobody really wants to go in they would come in in a world that was going out on delivery right because they had already mastered delivery then it was like no come in and get it drove up sales because guess what they were competing with little caesars little caesars dropped that five dollar hot that hot and ready five dollars hot fresh and ready (laughs) hot fresh and ready for five right now so then domino said well we're going to give you a 555 pizza but it's better than you know little caesars yada 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 but you got to come in to get it the same way you're already going into little caesars right Mm -hmm. then they said hey we're going to tell you what, why you're waiting on delivery because I know you're patient. Every step of the process, you're going to be able to watch it. Like you're watching the pizza be made, right? Jeez. And I was like, oh, my God. I used to order from Domino's just so I could see the little screen. Just it's so in the oven now, baby. It's in the oven now. Yep, I did. I'm telling you. I was like, hey, it's in the oven now. Um, it's here. Why? Because people hated the wait, mm-hmm. right? They hated that. Funny, they that, don't know when it's going to just. Yes. It was a so now like, you can be is- like. Yes, it's it just left, right? I just left. I'm timing it. I get alerts. It's good. But then when they said, take a picture, that means the app has access to your phone. The app has access to your geographical location. The, the app has information, all of your stuff. They now are literally data mining you and me, right, if you use it. And, and they're able to see how often you eat freaking pizza and when you eat pizza, where you eat pizza, so they can market to you. That's it. Period. That's it. That was genius. <laughs> no, I'm like, I, you hear the excitement in my voice. Yeah. That, my wife is looking at me and she's not, you know, into it. And she's like, you got all of that from that 30-second commercial? I said, yes. Like, you don't see that? I said, think about it. Every time you consume their product, they want to know. They want to know. They can look at now. They say, man, they only bought one pizza this month from us, but they ate pizza 50 times. Exactly. Exactly. How do we get some of that pizza? What do we need to do? And the fact that they're getting that data, that data collection is everything because now they know the customer. They know, and they didn't even see what pizza you keep ordering. And they might have a pizza. They keep seeing you. You hit that specialty pizza, and then guess what? 
They're going to be like, yo, we got 5 million people ordering this weird pizza from this other chain. We need to add those ingredients here. Or or it opens up doors, like if they really got narrow, and I don't know how big of, I mean, Domino's is a big company, but if they really got narrow and they tracked what type of pizza people were getting just to surprise and delight them, right? If you know somebody is a ham and pineapple person, because they're a special breed of people, by the way, pineapple does not, <laughs> pineapple does not belong on pizza. Let's just throw oh, that. Pineapple does not belong on pizza. So either way, I digress. But imagine, I, I'm not going to go down that path. I'll work back with you. Let's not. <laughs> but let's just say you have your ham and pineapple guy, that that's the pizza he gets every time he orders from anywhere. You have an opportunity to market to him special ham and pineapple instead of just yep. pizza, instead of just yep. pepperoni. Instead, like the picture could be or the offer could be specifically tailored to that person. I, I just, yep. so you, I mean, you looked at it from a, from a data collection standpoint, which is setting them apart as a company, you know, using this type of technology. I was, I, I look at it on that, on, along those lines, but also just the fact of that last piece that, that they added in by, you can take a picture of anyone's pizza. What that yep. does also is it forces you to use their application more. Again. That's, that's the convenience. Like no matter what pizza, like they're branding in your mind, no matter what pizza you get, you know, yeah, you know, I can go on this Domino's app and take a picture and I'm going to get a reward for it. I don't care where I'm at. I'm going to click Domino's. And eventually that over time is convenience in your business. Like, you're setting it yep. up so that it's more convenient for people to buy your pizza or get your rewards or get your email or whatever it is, you're making it convenient. That's how you scale a successful, that's how you scale business. And so, man, you know, that's awesome. I mean, think about what you just said. I mean, think about this people. What if every single time you went and bought your favorite dish soap, this is just some random, you told, yeah, like every time you, you bought this soap, you, let's say you have your favorite, and um, Palm Olive, whatever, whoever owns Palm Olive, I'm not sure who that is, right, said every time you buy some dish soap, take a picture, let us know, and we'll give you credit for buying dish soap because we believe that more dish soap needs to be in the world. Yep. I'm just using that for a word of example. So when you're at 99 cents only store and you get the generic something, right? And you're like, all right, cool. Hey, but Palm Olive, I bought this soap. Ooh, I just got a reward. Every single time you buy that and consume that product, you're thinking about one other company, yep. even if it's not theirs. Yep. It's branding. I mean, right? Yeah. Now, also, remember now, Domino's delivers even in awkward, weird geographical locations. Mm -hmm. Like, you know how they have to remember they had the commercial where the guy went to the beach mm -hmm. to deliver the pizza, or randomly you were just happened to be in a park and you wanted pizza in the middle of a park. Somebody walked all the way over there. Like, like, <laughs> like, think about it. They've tried a lot of initiatives to get this location thing down. I really like, I think you hit the nail on the head with some stuff. I like, I'm just thinking of this as yep. we're talking, but I think that's just an important uh, metric for them is understanding location. Cause you also remember the other initiative they did about potholes. 
Do you remember that one? Yes. Where they yes. Were we'll fill the pothole. Fill yes. in the potholes. That's just for people to call and be like, there's a pothole on this street and I drive down this street every day. It's just giving location. Like it probably had nothing to do with, you know, potholes. It just had to do with, hey, call because I know that you're close in this area. You care about dominoes and you care like you live around here. So maybe we should put some more, you know, emphasis on this area if a bunch of people call us about this one pothole. I know that we have loyal domino fans in this region, right? All of it, all of those things tie together. That The pothole thing, the obscure location delivery, now the usage of the app over and over again, all of these things are just giving data, like demographic data to them to be able to use in business. So now, uh, you hear all of that, people. We went on a rant. We literally just hopefully did, we just did a case study, Chris. <laughs> like we literally just did an industry macro to the micro case study of a, a company within an industry that's super basic pizza. Yep. Pizza. Everybody has pizza. Like, like the local bowling alley has pizza. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just pizza mm-hmm. and a company that's thinking about it differently trying to make it more convenient, finding the wedge gaps in their business. Is it better to send them in? Is it, is it better? Do we need to remodel our stores? Remember they made that big old thing, remodeling the store? Right. Like, like it's a company that's like, all right, we're going to have people come in. Oh, crap, it looks crappy. Let's design it for user experience. Oh, you know what? They really still don't want to come in our store. Fantastic. We'll come to wherever you are, even if it's in the most obscure place, and we'll give back to your community while we're there because we don't want your pizza you know, being disrupted by the pothole that's in front of your house. That's right. I mean, think about it, y'all. So as as we're talking about this, and I think, you know, it's, we're concluded at this point, mm-hmm. you got, you have to think about your business, your industry, what you want to do, and you have to be able to see the wedge gaps. And the funny thing is, because so many people, and I'll say this because I want to make I want to I'm going to stop because I want to I know what somebody's thinking. I'm not that smart. <laughs> I didn't go to business school. Hmm. I, you guys have been doing it for a while. You guys talk about how you went to college together. Terrell, you talk about all this money spent on your MBA. You guys are managers. Chris, you got your own business. Hmm. I'm not there. I'm just standing by lane. I do. I just work as a cashier. Bump that, okay? I'm telling you. <laughs> So many people are not paying attention if you just focused a little bit, That's it. right? Focused a little bit, it will be clear as day. And even if you think it's so clear as day, you're like, well, I'm not smart. And I see it. I know somebody else is smart enough. Trust me. The people that even see it, if they do see it, most of them are going to take any action on it anyway. Yep. Right? Because they're caught up in their world. So if you want to adjust, right? And I'll tell you this there's enough information between YouTube and Google. I'll just leave those two there. Like, I won't say no more. There's so much more. You got Reddit, you got LinkedIn, forget that. YouTube video and Google search mm-hmm. that what whatever information you need is available now where you have to like maybe piece some of it together you know kind of look at it multiple ways yes but i'm telling you it's well worth the time and the effort 
to just take your time and think about it and see how you can make it more convenient for someone else. And I'm telling you, it's a million-dollar idea. There's a saying that if you take a, a, a good business or a great product and you make it 10% better, it's worth a million dollars. Wow. That's a saying. Like just 10%. If you can just make something 10% better, it's worth a million. Now, I don't know how they came to that or if they just pulled that out of their butt, but whatever. But look at Apple, right? Everybody's beloved Apple. Like, and some people are like, Apple, Apple, Apple. But if you get down to the nitty gritty, in a lot of ways, Apple didn't innovate new. They made it better. They made it more user-friendly. They took ideas and morphed them into their own. Right. Some people say, well, that's innovation. Okay. But it wasn't a lot of it wasn't from scratch. Like, you know what I mean? It was, hey, I could take this, I could take this, I could take that. Like if you go to the Apple Fold, there's there's Galaxy, there's there's um, Android Galaxy style parts there. There's Sony parts there. They brought it together, made it user friendly, marketed the hell out of it, and we have this Apple today. So again, whether you are you know, Albert Einstein coming up with something, some new theory altogether, or you're a Steve Jobs that can see the world differently and bring it together in a special, unique, user-friendly way that everybody can enjoy, you win. Right. But it just takes a little bit of time and attention. Remember, the, the colonel, we talk about restaurants again, he didn't start until in his 60s, as far as becoming the colonel that we know today with Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yep. Right. You can go down the list of people. Ward Buffett, what they say, Ward Buffett didn't become like man, he made what over 60, 70 percent of his money after 60 years old or whatever yeah. it was. At, in right. His 50s, in his 50s. Yeah. In his 50s. Sorry. Right. Like most of his money was made a after 50. Mm -hmm. Right. You got Samuel Jackson, who really didn't start a major film till in his 40s. Right. Like I think the list goes on and on and on and on. Take some time. You can relearn it, even if that means you start new, right? With everything. And I, I, I'll end with this. My friend that I told you about that, you know, you know, is making that, you know, quarter million dollars, uh, a, qu a quarter million a quarter, mm -hmm. right? Not a year, a quarter. He actually started in that industry brand new. And he busted his butt for five years or, you know, for, for nine years started all over again was in one industry flipped to a whole nother industry after he was probably after 35 40 no after 30 30 35 or 35 excuse me he started new brand new started over again and now he he now he's an employee but he's okay with that he started and now even in a job scenario he was willing to see the difference, see an opportunity in a different industry, go, even as an employee, and he went from making X, 30, 30 racks a quarter to 300 racks a quarter. So I don't want no, I'm not smart. I don't, you have to be willing to go through the process. But if you are, you won't be a part of that 35%. And even if you are, you already have something else. It won't matter. So that's just, I'll end, I'll end my part with that. And that's and, and, and that should wrap up the entire the entire podcast here because that's that's it. At, at the end of the day, guys, we're trying to get you to understand from reading things like this article that is basically saying, you know, no job is safe. We're thirty five thirty five percent increase to job layoffs year over year. That's it. That's 
that's close to 50%. Like that's a lot of jobs lost. That's all. That's a lot of jobs lost. And if you are not paying attention, if you have a job and that is your sole stream of income, I don't care if you love it. It's awesome that you love it. But if that's your sole stream of income, your family is vulnerable because what we're seeing in society, what we're seeing around, that's what today's podcast was about. What we're seeing around us is the facts are saying a different story. The facts are saying you're not going to have a job for long. Any, anyone can, can, anyone's industry can be disrupted. Technology is disrupting many different industries as we currently look at it. So what's the best plan of action to summarize this whole thing? You need to start to think about another stream of income. And there are so many different things you could do out there. But we highly recommend that you pick something and pay attention to what's going on in that industry or around that topic. Find where the need is. Find the need in the marketplace. Find the place that you're most frustrated about that thing or why it's not convenient or why it's a hassle and fix it. Find the difference between what's happening right now in that industry with that product, with that topic, and then look at where it should be, where you would want it to go, how it should evolve, how it can become easier, better consumed, cheaper, whatever it is. The gap between that will, will determine your success. And if you're able to execute on that, you can have a side business, whether it's starting an e-commerce site like T and selling something online, whether it's creating a, a smaller niche in the market, whatever it is, guys, this is so important. And that's why we had this conversation on today's podcast, because at the end of the day, we, we don't want to see your family vulnerable. It can happen to any of us. Technology will disrupt. It will take over. Things will change. You have to be smart. All of you guys listening, you have to be smart about what it is you're, you know, you're trying to accomplish with your family. And it's not going to come just by being in, at a job forever. You have to think about having something to supplement just in case. And I know somebody out there is like, Chris, you don't understand. My job is safe and secure. It's never, it's never going to go anywhere. Our industry is in. Or for the government. What are you talking <laughs> about? Right? Uh, the people I know are out there saying that. But even to you, even to the person that's listening to this, that is a high paid employee or feels like their job is secure. Ten, just remember, 10 years ago, we had none of the things we had in technology that we were actually just 10 years ago. So imagine technology moves faster. It doesn't move. I'll slower. give you a great example of that. Google right. just turned 15. That's it. Yeah. 15. That's crazy. I saw that pop up on my thought, Gmail. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hold up. 15. I felt like it's been around since I was like five, right? No, Google's only 15 years old. Google, Google is a snot-nosed teenager that thinks they know what the hell they're talking about in life. That's it. You're only 15. <laughs> Facebook is what? Wow. Nine, nine, ten, nine, ten, eleven, something like that. Like it's not much further behind that. But like, think of that 
in perspective to how long of a life you're going to work. So if you honestly have more than 10 years in your working life left, you need to pivot. You need to reposition. You need to think about some things differently because it may come a time that, you know, (laughs) you just don't need your human services anymore. Your human services for running a business is no longer necessary. And man, sad, but it's the way it goes. Mm. It's the way it goes. So. It's scary, man. I mean, it's not scary, but I'll say this. I'm sorry. I know I have one thing to say, but I want y'all to go see how deep this goes. No, because this is one that's like, like tickles my fancy. I forget uh, what country is it? I forget the country. I'm going to have to post this article too when we post it. They're testing out robot judges to dis- to mitigate small claim court cases. Man, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. Think about that for a second. Judges, like a judge, like you, hey, Chris, you owe me $300. I'm going to take you to court. You go, you won't be talking to Mr. Peterson. It'll be um, A150 judge, <laughs> judge um, number such and such. You present your documents to them. To the judge, you 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 insert, you know, like you give your documents. The 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 judge analyzes it. The robot judge analyzes all the data, all the evidence presented on both sides. They go through their resource, a database of all the laws, and they make a judgment, and it's final. Yeah, that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's the tip of the iceberg. Because think about it, it removes all bias. The thing that we hate about the imperfection of the system is human bias. That's what stops our legal system. That's what stops the judicial part of it is like, listen, if we could just go off the book, because there's no because because there's no gray area, it's just black and white. This is what the book says, then we can take human emotion out of it, which means a robot could do that. They could rule and judge on like, you're right, you're wrong. Settlement for this person. Like, it's possible. Yep. I jet. uh, who's the Alibaba? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jack Ma. Jack, Jack Ma said, like, technology is smarter. He was like, we need to stop competing. He was like, you can't run faster than a car. You're not going to be able to outthink a computer. It's just not the way it's going to happen. Like, they are smarter than us. Like, we program it. They're smarter. Let's, like, let's, like, they're faster. They're bigger. Like, that's, we have to come to terms with that and then adapt around it. And so this is just another one of those areas. It's another one of those areas. And we just, again, for all the listeners, we just want you guys to wake up. We want you guys to wake up. We want you guys like to just pay attention. Stop being distracted with things that don't matter. Stop being distracted with professional sports and entertainment and movies. And again, I understand escapism is one thing, but how, how much you consume escapism, how much you consume entertainment is the issue. Everything in moderation. Right. It's not that I'm telling you don't ever do something like don't ever watch a movie, but watching a movie every night, binge watching Netflix every night, looking at, you know, Facebook on your downtime every time you have a spare moment like that's escapism. You're being Mm -hmm. distracted. You're being distracted from the big picture, the things that we're talking about. These this is the big picture in the next five to 10 years. You will lose your job like it's just think there's going to be such a shakeup that if you're not planning right now if you're not planning 
for supporting your family, this inequality of wealth will continue to happen. We were supposed to touch on today, and this could this could have gone for a three hour podcast today, but we won't do that to y'all. We, we, <laughs> we won't. We won't yet until we get live, because we might yeah, have an opportunity to go live. No, <laughs> oh God, here we go. <laughs> but but we were supposed to touch on you know Ray Dalio, who um, you know for those of you that don't know is you know big big investor, hedge fund guy. Um, big on index funds, all that type of stuff. Wrote a book, his last book that came out. What's it called? Principles, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I bought it for I bought it for my office, yeah. and one of the guys who um, the trader, like you know, getting his money up, it he took it and it's cha- it's been changing his life. He comes solid in every day talking about it. Yeah, solid book, solid book. He just put out an article saying that you know our capitalism is not working in America, and one of the things he talked about was the wealth inequality. And we we're going to touch on that today, but we'll probably save that for another podcast. But that, again, the fact that people at the top already see, like there's such a, there's a, such a, a, a discrepancy in, in, in this, this wealth gap. And it's because people that are normally on the lower end of this are just supremely distracted with what's happening. They're, they're, they're distracted. They're taking old um, ideology and trying to apply it in a new sense, and it's not working. And then instead of trying to figure out something different, they're just being distracted by our society, by social media, by pop culture, by entertainment. And they're not thinking about the big picture, which today we brought it to you, that the big picture is you need to have another stream of income because your family's vulnerable. It's vulnerable. So um, I'm going to wrap it up, T. With the question of the, with the question of the day, and the question of the day, we'll just go back to the beginning of where we started. But the but the question is, do you believe if you have a job that you should have a second stream of income? Do you believe that you should have a second stream of income? And if your answer to that is, well, I would want to know if it's yes or no. Right? If it's no, why? You know, why do you believe it's not necessary for everyone to have a stream of income uh, or a second stream of income? And I do say, you know, everyone that is in the working class, everyone that has a job does, needs a second stream of income. What's your answer to that? Yes or no? And if whatever your answer is, why? Why do you feel like people need it or don't need a second stream of income? I think T and I gave you our points and our reasons as to why everyone needs one. Um, but we're curious to hear from the community as to what you guys think and what your perspective is. So as always, feel free to reach out to us, connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever you see us, we are there. Reach out, oh, yeah. send us a message. We'd love to have the conversation. We'd love to continue to share our perspective and get your perspective on it. So until next time, say goodbye to the people, T. We love you. God bless. Till next time. So next time, guys, take care. We're signing off of the Perspective Podcast. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Perspective Podcast. We hope this conversation made you think a bit deeper, gain some insight, or even possibly even gain a brand new perspective. If you did enjoy it, do us a favor. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere else you stream. Leave a review to help more people experience these conversations and potentially change their perspective as well. 
And lastly, as always, T and I want you to connect with us. So follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You can find us just by using our names. And there we get a chance to hear your perspective. Until next time, God bless.